I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, we watched a movie that was a long time coming for me personally. (laughs) Uh, It's one of those movies that you kind of have vaguely in your head, and you're like, what in the world was that? Kind of like Once Upon a Forest. But unlike Once Upon a Forest, which I could relatively easy easily google search and figure out what it was this movie eluded me for so long and the reason for that is that what i saw back in the day was a english dubbed version of a mexican movie uh, a co-production between mexico and spain uh that is it's just it doesn't come up in google searches very easily and i didn't remember any character names or anything uh just a vague like there's some forest critters and like an alien that can like shapeshift to look like them and, and like turns into some sort of weird tentacle thing at the end. That's like all that I could remember. But I found it and it is called Three Different Things. <laughs> the version that we watched was Katie and the Caterpillar Kids with a K on Caterpillar Kids. There's also Katie Meets the Aliens and the original name, which is Katie, Kiki, Ikoko. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so take your pick. Those are the three different names. Um, I could find a good quality version of it on YouTube in its original language, but I could not for the life of me find subtitles anywhere. So we did not watch it that way. I could also find it in English on YouTube, uh, but the quality was really, really poor. So we borrowed a VHS player from a relative and I bought the uh, English dub uh, VHS tape off of eBay. And that's what we watched today. Still bad quality, but the best quality that we could get, really. The opening, like, credit whatever for this thing was so funny on the VHS. Oh my gosh, yeah. It just taking taking you back, putting, yeah. popping in a VHS <laughs> and, like, having that FBI warning. And there's, like, this this kid who who's there for, this is, like, just for kids entertainment or something like that. And, and he's like, hey, thanks for watching. Uh, you might need to use the tracker option to make this look good or something. Like, he's just kind of <laughs> explaining how to do a VHS tape or whatever before before the movie goes and then at the after the movie's over and after the credits are done it's like three or four advertisements for other dubbed movies that this company puts out like of different like anime movies and stuff uh that's just like narrated by this old guy who clearly has just reading a thing and has no idea what he's talking about it's really it takes you back to an yeah, era it was, right it was good. It was good. <laughs> this movie is actually a sequel <laughs> to a 1984 film called Katie the Caterpillar that was one of the few films made in Mexico. Um, And again, as a co-production between Mexico and Spain, it was written by Sylvia Roche and based on an original story that she wrote entitled Pepina Oruga. Uh, Its success led to a 1988 sequel, which is this movie. Just, yeah, it's just for kids video that was in charge of the dub uh, and English release, which is what I saw back in the day and what we watched today. This movie is about Katie has two little caterpillar kids and in the middle of the night they sneak off 
to go try to learn how to fly at about the same time that some aliens that are spying on Earth decide that they're going to send one of their number to Earth to capture some forest critters so they can, like, eat them for sustenance or something. They decide that they don't want to mess with the humans. That's too going to be too much effort. So they're going for forest critters. So then we just kind of have a series of little adventures with, like, a bat and some ants and Gracco the hawk um, uh, as, as the kids are going around and gradually the aliens are in here and they have the ability to to morph to look like the different animals and also to like eye laser zap them and put them into a bubble so that they can take them back home to eat or whatever and so there's a series of a bunch of goofy whimsical characters and adventures that that they go on that ultimately has to culminate in like there's a lot of like not believing the children when they're trying to tell the grown-ups about the aliens because it's like oh that's too absurd or whatever but eventually everyone understands that there's aliens involved and they gotta stop the aliens and uh, this is a sequel again to a movie that is just about like a little caterpillar girl like having some light adventures within the forest and becoming a butterfly and does not involve aliens. This sequel is like, gotta put some aliens in here. (laughs) Gotta add some spice and that spice is aliens. And I appreciate that. I intend to never watch the original movie, even if it's probably the better movie. Cause I just need this to stand alone for me. (laughs) This, this weird, weird movie. Um, what do we think of this? Um, yeah, like you said, there was different adventures, but it, it kind of went back and forth. Like, they would lose the kids, and then they'd come back, and then they'd lose them again. It was fine, but I, I probably wouldn't watch it again, since I don't have that nostalgia there. It was it was cute. Overall, I think it was cute. I'm not completely sure the rewatchability for me either, but, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it overall. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad, but I also enjoyed it the whole time. I have intense nostalgia because I definitely watched this many times as a child. I remembered the the opening with that kid explaining how to do a VHS and the first of the advertisements at the end. Also, I guess I stopped it after the first one. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So I I watched it a lot, I think. It really kind of stuck in my head in certain aspects. I'd be like, ah, yeah, I remember this. I um, think I wanted to say I remember the whales at the end, so I think you must have let it play some. <laughs> maybe. But... May- maybe I stopped paying attention after the one with the koala yeah. <laughs> kids. I-, I don't know what was going on there. Some anime movie with a koala brother and sister and a little human girl. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> um, I... <sighs> I don't necessarily recommend it, but I also would watch it again because it's just it's kind it's endearingly bad to me. It's probably <laughs> slightly better in its original language and that the voice yeah. acting is probably just better because oh, there's there's a lot of line reads in this from the English voice cast that's like. Do you want to maybe have a second take? But they probably didn't have any second take. And honestly, that uh, there's one character who her lunch just felt ad-libbed. And so I'm wondering, yes. like, if it actually, like, mattered. Right. Uh, because, like, she was just telling stories that didn't. Yeah. Yeah. The voice the voice acting's all over the place. Uh, it's It's a dub of a foreign film from, like the late 80s so there's not exactly a ton of effort put into it and you feel that Uh, yeah and sometimes it's 
amusingly bad and sometimes it's maybe just bad i guess your miles really will vary on how you feel and sometimes it's fine there are some voice actors in here who are like professionals but you know yeah i, d- I also had a really hard time actually having a full list of the voice actors so i know like four of the english voice actors on here and otherwise i do not know who's in this movie unfortunately very hard to find a lot of information on this one Let's get specific. Let's start talking about story and characters and stuff. Uh, The movie opens with some aliens that are like little blobby guys watching um, a bunch of clips of Earth stuff, including running with the bulls and football. Yeah, no, and these are real life clips. This isn't like animated. Yes, 100%. Just real clips on a a TV, on a drawn TV screen. And and yeah, uh, they then after... They're like, okay, we're going to send someone here or whatever. Then we go to our protagonists and Katie is like talking to her kids. And we just see like multiple flashbacks to that first movie that we didn't watch. <laughs> mom and Valerie did not realize that Katie was the kid's mom at first. Uh, I guess thought that was her sister, their sister or something. Babysitter mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's their mom. The uh, I have a quote here, start moving little feet that Kiki uh, said as she flailed her stubby little legs. And that kind of ended up being a recurring thing. She has a lot to say about her little feet, whether they're tired or they need to get going or whatever. And it amused me every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know whether her saying that was a thing in the in the original language, but. Good choice, regardless. Yeah, Kiki and Coco were really, really cute. I, I now Katie rescued them multiple times, but it's like Katie, they're gonna go again. Like, can you <laughs> like? I don't know. They're rambunctious <laughs> little children. It's like, yeah, either keep them with you, put them, on, strap them in a backpack. To you. I don't know, but it's like they're not gonna stay where you put them. How many times do you have to learn this lesson? There's there's multiple kind of antagonists here. Uh, we have Babbo the Bat early on, but he doesn't really ever come back. Mm-hmm. So he's a pretty one-time antagonist. We have the the Ant Queen. She kind of ha- ends up having a recurring bit of like the... She wants the ants to stack stuff in an orderly fashion. And that either doesn't happen to her liking or once it does happen to her liking, they all get knocked down. That's just a recurring bit for her. Uh, but she's only kind of a minor antagonist. She's not even... She just kind of tells Kiki and Coco to to fix what they knocked down and they sing a little song while they do it. And then she comes back and they didn't do it in a way that she likes. So they leave and that's it. But one of our uh, most endearing, I'm going to go ahead and say antagonists (laughs) is uh, Gracko the Hawk who enters singing a song about himself and uh, starts terrorizing children pretty immediately after that. And so then a little bit later in the movie, when uh, Gilbert, the detective mouse, and the forest animals are trying to figure out who's who's abducting people, like people are disappearing, where'd they go, or whatever, Gilbert's like, well, I think the most suspicious character's Gracko, and immediately everyone's like, yeah, he is. And then so they just leave to go beat the crap out of Gracko, and they absolutely do that. They absolutely just, like, find him and jump him and beat him up. 
and they're like, uh, I think the owl was like, basically like, by the laws of the land, like, stop being a jerk. Everyone, <laughs> including Professor Owl, is absolutely ready to end Gracka's entire life. <laughs> and it's really funny. Well, when the professor, the, there were two parties to go to Gracko. The first one was just some of the force animals. And, and the they force just animals beat just them up. beat They them. just beat them up. And then it was like the parent contingency, you know, Katie, the owl, the, the squirrel, and some others that then lectured him. Like, yeah, and, to, Ro- and Rosetta is like, you're a lazy good for nothing, just like your father, Herbert like Hawk. Father. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Rosetta just being brutal to, to Gracko, who, like, I mean, you know, he's like a punk rude guy, but like, you kind of start to feel sad for him a little bit after some of this. Yeah, I mean, well, first, he, like, he's like, you know, admits, and then, but then he's just like, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll admit to whatever you say. Just, uh, just yeah. Kinda, like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he didn't do the thing that they're accusing him of. But when they're like, you've done this, this, and this. And he's like, well, yeah, but... Well, yeah, I did those bad things. <laughs> right, but... right. <laughs> like, and you abducted them in a bubble. And he's like, what are you talking about? So, yeah. Yeah. Um... And, oh, by the way, we haven't described the character design of this hawk. Is He's got, like, a mohawk. He's got a uh, mohawk. He's got, like, one earring. Yeah, and he also he's has... Got, like, a, a, yeah, like an ankle bracelet that's, like, yeah. got spikes on it. Yeah. He's, he's oh, correct. I think a little jacket too, like a little I uh, think or something. What is it? A little vest or something? Yeah. He he's a punk bird. <laughs> yeah. He's he's wild he's like wild like the wind or whatever he says in his song. Oh yes, that's a song of his where yeah, he's yeah. just flying through the, you know, no, he's lightning got, and he's wind. got an attitude and he is mean and tries to eat and devour Katie and her kids. But he also kind of gets uh, beat up a lot, yeah. <laughs> both physically and verbally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, then you have you have the evil alien uh, that does take Gracko's form at one point, um, I think early, and then does it again later. Uh, but also takes Katie's form at one point when it, when its eyes like appeared in the tree after Katie and the gang were like talking. Valerie and Mom were both like, "Oh no!" Uh, and then it took Katie's form, and the kids like noticed right before she could hug them because she opened her eyes or whatever and they were the green eyes or whatever so then there's like a, a chase scene where they're someone that looks like their mom is running around trying to zap them yeah horrifying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know how many of these characters come from the first movie besides katie i'm not entirely sure i'm relatively certain that gilbert does the detective mouse okay. uh, I, i'm not I'm not really sure who else. It definitely her flashbacks like showed like some crow characters and a cat that were yeah. not in here. Goliath so. or something. Yeah, I, I I don't know. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just just curious about what we missed from the first film. Uh, probably not that much. Like uh, That's it fair. seems it seem they seem relatively self contained <laughs> in terms of just the events. That it seems like that one's a lot more kind of laid back and like natural a story. That's just about some forest shenanigans. And this one's aliens that take your form and zap you into a bubble. Um, you also a few other recurring characters. You have a skunk who is trying to find a place to sleep and yeah. and just when there's one interruption that spot is forsaken and he he's has in to his go own like it. house in a tree or whatever and the kids come in and disrupt him so then he sets out on a quest to find a different place cuz he's decided that his house is just nope that's not that place so people can come in there and wake me up so i got to find a new place and so he's just on this quest throughout the movie constantly being woken up he has pretty a rough silly. time. Yeah, pretty yeah. silly. And then the detective mouse uh, that 
Danica alluded to, not very bright, but no. the Detective Mouse's son is is bright. His his son, who sounds kind of like an adult grown man when he talks. Yes. <laughs> Uh, which is a pretty good segue to get into some voice acting, too. Though if you have more story character stuff, definitely feel free to say. Um, I love Arnold, the, the the son's voice. He sounds really off-putting in a really endearing way to me. It's like, <laughs> all right, dear father. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. What are you doing? I know, I know. Uh I, I love Gracco's very fun, too. He's yeah. one of the few that I actually know the voice actor for, which is... Uh, Steve Kramer. Uh, I did. I kind of looked at his voice list and didn't see much else that I super recognized. Uh, but he does a great job, uh, and I loved particularly when he was like grumbling and was like, "Ah, a bunch of wise guys." As he like stalked off after being, uh, I forget what they said to him, but he 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 just. I think it was when he was trying to reach into Rosetta's house and she like pricked him with a needle needle or something okay. uh and then one of there's a lizard that gets like zapped into the the bubble oh, and you don't hear it talk before that but in the bubble it's just got like a jimmy stewart voice yeah. or something <laughs> yes yes just like what's happening there <laughs> it was it's great like, oh, oh hey guys what's happening like, i don't know what <laughs> it's great it's great it's great yeah the owl wasn't great and not in an endearing way. Uh, no, it's his. I mean, it was a little endearing just because it's so bad. But like his, he's putting on a voice that's like, okay, that's a decent enough voice. It's so it's not it's not that. It's just the line reads are like so quick. He's just saying a bunch of gibberish stuff to kind of sound like a smart guy, but he says them so quickly and with such like little conviction or emotion. It's just consistently bad yeah and then some of his lines are just bad so i don't know if it's in the translation but they're just awkward lines oh yeah they're not conversational like no. you wouldn't you wouldn't actually say them in a con in which a i mean i think it's definitely supposed to be purposeful because he's like a smart guy and he's supposed to be talking like a smart guy but it just doesn't work Oh, Gilbert Mouse is voiced by Robert Axelrod, who was Armadillomon in Digimon the Movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and presumably also the English dub for season two of Digimon Adventure. Susan Blue, who was Sabella in Ghoul School, was in this movie. I couldn't get confirmation on who, but given that she's apparently also voiced Granny Smurf, I'm going to go ahead and assume that she's Rosetta Squirrel, who's just old lady voice and, and rambles and probably ad-libs a lot of her nonsense that she says. Um, and then Kiki is voiced by Rusi Taylor, who's Minnie Mouse. So. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wow. Which I mean, yeah, she does a great, she sounds like a little little kid. Yeah, she was cute. She, yeah. she does a fine, perfectly fine job yeah. throughout this. She, I, she was a cutie cutie. Do we know who did Kiki? Wait, Katie. No. I'm sorry. The mom. No. Katie. I've told you everyone I know, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Yeah. Unfor unfortunately, that's it. Like, I can't find any other... English names, the credits of this movie do not list voice actors. I just okay. don't know. Yeah. Want to talk some about animation? Sure. It's it's definitely not like Disney level animation, but I think it's it's pretty good. Uh, I'm sure it would look better not VHS quality. Um, but I def there's definitely a lot of stuff. I think I think one of the main things is that kind of like Don Bluth films, it can be pretty inconsistent. Uh, even more so than Don Bluth films, which at least tend to adhere generally to like Bluth's 
sort of style but here it felt like the difference between animators could be really obvious like sometimes the characters just looked or animated different there was like one relatively short shot of katie and she looked way more chibi kind of as she was moving and talking it it, it can be a little all over the place but i found it generally nice to look at and some of the little things that I liked was I liked the way that the, the kids' caterpillar butts were animated, just kind of flooping around like a fat tail or something. Oh, yeah. It, that was really interesting that, like, they were, the, functionally, they seemed to be bipedal. Yeah. With their backs, with, with like, a big t- fat tail. Like yeah, yeah. It was weird. Yeah. It's like, ostensibly, they have multiple legs, but the, it's animated with just, like, the front two doing anything. Right. Um, I also, uh, even if, uh, some people here on recording found the Ant Queen grating, one of the things I enjoyed a lot about her was the hand on a stick that she just had yes. that would, like, just animate as, like, a third hand as she did stuff. Yes. <laughs> it would just gesture and do different things, and I loved that every time. <laughs> Yeah, it was just her voice that bothered me and then the sure. screaming and stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she was, it was funny. And I felt so sorry for the poor little ants. They were, they were the most overworked in this. <laughs> they kept having to restock Those everything. poor little ants. There was like one ant who looked meaner than the others and like had a, a, a sharp pointy stick. And I like, I guess is the enforcer, but he never really did anything. Yeah. Wasn't he take and he got? Was taken? he the one that was taken over? I wasn't sure. No, maybe not. I don't know if he was. There was we for a moment. I was a little unclear about the alien's powers because it seemed like the first time that we see him do something, he takes the form of an ant, then laser eyes zap some other ants, and they appear in the bubble. But then the next time we see him do something, he's like a flower, or well, we see him turn into a flower at one point, but whatever. Uh, but then we see him laser eyes app a lizard and the lizard disappear or no the lizard doesn't even disappear the lizard just becomes him and he's got his green eyes but i think what's supposed to have happened as evidenced by the fact that the lizard isn't in the bubble is that it was like a simultaneous like zapping him away and taking his form kind of thing yeah but yeah i i generally found the animation serviceable and sometimes quite fun to look at it just it just kind of varied yeah, it was all right. I think the only other thing was just some odd cuts in the film. Which is, it's hard to say whether that's definitely in the film or if there are some edits that were made for the dub. Because that's definitely a thing that happened a lot in dubs in the in the 80s, 90s, and before. Yeah, that's very true. They could have been in there the whole time. I, I just don't know. Um I, I could try to watch the YouTube uh, one that's the original language at some point, but I don't know if I'll bother. I don't think there's much point in talking about if this was in live action, because this is sequel to an obscure movie about bugs and and creatures, and that's just... Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't I don't know how to even discuss that. <laughs> Can I go back a tiny bit? Just I don't know yeah. if you know exactly what type of animation, but it reminded me kind of of the quality of uh, Sword in the Stone that we just recently watched. So I don't know if it's the same kind. I also kind of like the nature scenes of this. But it, to me, looking it looked at about the, that quality. Looking at the higher quality uh, version, I, I don't think it's Xerox or anything. I think it's oh, just, okay. I think just, it's just traditional animation. Okay. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem particularly sketchy. I think any extent to which you're mm. feeling that is mostly just the VHS quality. Okay, got it. But got like, it. yeah, looking at it in a, in a bit sharper detail, I don't, I don't think it is that. Okay. 
Let's talk some about sound design. Oh, actually, just made me think. Um, Let's go back <laughs> to... Well, uh, there was also the inconsistency. Like, uh, y'all were calling out a, a really lifelike looking frog or yeah. more naturalistic frog versus cartoony frog. And maybe that aligns with the, like, depending on the animator, you might get something a little different. I'm so, not sure if that one's down to animators, though. Because, yeah, I think it's just, like... I think it. I think it was literally just to emphasize that they were like scared and alone in the woods. So it's like here's some big realistic looking frogs, even though later in the movie here's a cartoon just like the rest of them frog. Like yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> and even her flashbacks is like she talked about how the cat was evil, but he still just looked like a a cartoon cat. So <laughs> just it was just weird to have the really realistically animated frogs. Let's talk about sound design. This movie was a musical and had a bunch of songs in it. Uh, Rosetta the Squirrel's song in particular was kind of like a fever dream of flashing images and musical notes and stuff. And actually several other songs after that kind of fit that mold. It, they kind of, The song, not just in terms of the music itself, but the, the sequences kind of varied between stuff that seemed to be happening in real time and like transporting into another world of abstract images as the character saying uh because there's what there was the opening song with katie that's like real world do it with a big smile as they're uh fixing up the ant stuff that's like real time in the gold in the good old days she's like in a weird pocket dimension of her memories and images yeah that Um, one was graco graco hawks is in real world gilbert mouse's tracking i think also kind of went into a separate thing maybe it was a little bit of an amalgamation i think it was both grown-ups i think that i felt that one felt like that totally went into its own thing the power of thinking from professor owl song was totally in its own weird dimension and then katie sings again at the end and that's real time so yeah it just kind of went back and forth with those yeah odd choices but yeah yeah um, some of those felt unneeded unnecessary for the film but definitely uh, again unclear if that is an original issue or a dub issue i i think i think all of these songs are definitely in there and like the musicality is basically the same but the singing i'm sure is quite different especially with how the the vocals match up to the music. I'm sure that varies a lot. Cause like the, the owl song, especially like his singing kind of fell all over the place and lining up with the music. So I think there's variability there, but the kind of sense that I got was virtually all of the songs that take place at a pocket dimension could be cut from the film. So, yeah. cause like we don't get, we don't, we do not need Rosetta Squirrel's song. We do not need the owl song. We don't really Gilbert's song kind of I guess but we really get the idea already we don't need it and sort of similar with grown ups of like I guess that sort of starts the idea that their kids are going to kind of do their own thing but eh. uh, yeah I don't know the, most of the songs are definitely superfluous and, and not super needed but uh, most of them are are pretty slight they probably sound much better in their original language. Uh, I found one of them to be quite catchy. That's the do it with a smile one. Uh, that one's still mm. in my head. And I think the I think the they knew that that was the most catchy one because the then that musical theme appeared like two more times or so in later in the film and then also in the credits. So 
I think they had an idea that that was their most catchy one. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I mean, poorly in the sense that it's like a 80s dub with a low a effort. Sequel, yeah. Um, but the one of the main things that we saw was in Professor Owl's song. He wears a bunch of culturally insensitive hats. And in particular, when he wears uh, one of those like kind of rice hats, um, he, he kind of he's got a pose and he's got his eyes kind of slanting a little bit and it's uncomfortable yeah professor owl's racist <laughs> do not like just cut his song it's bad anyways yeah the song isn't great and i think that one was the main one the other ones didn't seem to be that big of a deal yeah like the rosetta squirrels like in the good old days song is eye rolly but it's like whatever it's just an no. old lady pining over something that probably didn't ever exist that way anyways i was talking about the hats in general like oh sorry yeah like i didn't see an issue with an any of the other hats really except for that one where there yeah. was like a yeah because he even puts on a sombrero but he doesn't really like pose or anything in a way that's like awful yeah no there was like a marked pose for that particular hat that was like oh no yeah yeah, yeah so it's just so unnecessary just, yeah yeah but overall i mean it's it's just a goofy weird sequel to an obscure movie I, I don't know not a lot stands out to me besides that one thing uh for this section you guys have any thoughts I, I mean one. i mean them them looking at the uh live action footage at the beginning is obviously dated footage but there's nothing they don't watch anything that's like oh we don't do that anymore so it's yeah like whatever I, worst case is running with the bulls i guess uh, yeah i don't know but i i to some extent, they probably still do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they've taken measures to make it safer, but I'd, I don't know anything about that that current practice, or if that practice is current, but... Let's go on to our... Spoiler alert! Skip to... 36 minutes and 37 seconds. So at the end of the movie, the kids have tried like multiple times to convince the grown-ups about the aliens. They're finally like, okay, I guess maybe we'll follow you. And they lead them to the alien. And then they're like, that's Graco Hawk. But then he uh, has his green eyes or something. And they come up with a plan where they like blow up a balloon and and push it over towards him and so he sees the balloon and and like zaps it so that he can so it goes into the the bag and he turns into a balloon uh-huh. uh so then he's like floating around as a balloon and then coco has uh one of rosetta's pins pins and pokes the balloon and it pops and the alien's dead and everyone's happy and then they follow the kids to, to go get the other animals out of their uh, bubble. And uh, Rosetta, once again, coming clutch with some scissors, helps them get out. Oh, but the alien reforms and he comes back together and he's sort of a balloon shaped, but also he's got creepy tentacles now and he yeah. comes after kind of them. Like an octopus or something. And then again, Coco saves the day by just like, Randomly pulling out a harmonica I don't recall him using anywhere earlier in the film. Truly. And he starts playing some music, and for a second it looks like maybe he's going to lull it to sleep, but instead it eye zaps him, but the zap goes back on it, 
and hurts it or something. Yeah, because of the reflective right. surface of the harmonica. And so the and so then it just slinks away. And they it's the aliens are called W X Y and Z, and the one that came to the planet is X. Uh, and so he just kind of slinks away and leaves in his ship. But and, on his but, way out. But on his way out, he uh, he's driving erratically. One of the ones that are watch have been watching all of this on a viewfinder or whatever. It's like uh, he's always been bad at taking off or something. But anyways, he like hits the ground and knocks all the ant stuff away. Um, so th- that's the last joke with the ant stuff falling. Oh, and the and the queen ant is like, oh, I, I love it like this. She kind of like loses her mind or whatever. Haha, <laughs> it's super funny. Um, and then he uh, slams to the ground one more time over top the uh, squirrel, not the squirrel, the skunk who's trying to find a place to sleep and takes the skunk. And that's like, uh, at least I got one critter. So he goes back to the alien planet and they're like, oh, finally, at least at least he's got one thing. And the door opens and he comes rushing out and just runs away. And then the skunk comes out with his awful smell and ever and the other aliens are like, oh, no. And they run away. And then the skunk's like, I've have a slept in 24 hours. And dang it, I'm going to sleep. And so he sleeps in the ship. And that's yep. that's the end of his plot line. <laughs> and then we go back to everyone else and Katie sings either a reprise of her original song or a different song that sounds very much like her first song uh, to the kids and they kind of go to sleep and the movie ends. Yep. <laughs> I like Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the movie. That's all, folks. <laughs> the I, I think the, the final confrontation with the alien where it's like a, a balloon with tentacle stuff is one of the things that sticked out stuck out in my mind the most that, that I could remember when when remembering this movie um he reminds me of a weird octopus or something yeah yeah uh, I think uh, you know I don't find any of it particularly scary now but I think as a kid that kind of scared me and just like the concept of this alien that was like taking the forms of the others or whatever I was like oh that's scary I can see the eyes maybe scaring you yeah, as a kid yeah. because like they would appear like in trees or they would appear even like on on the animals that it took over and as they Katie would open for a up while. yeah they would open up their eyes and then they would and just she, so she had angry. like some evil smirks and stuff too as she was doing stuff yeah, yeah. so yeah i can see that uh anything else in the spoiler section Oh, just that the uh, harmonica thing was weird. It was yeah. so weird. <laughs> Anticlimactic. Like a, yeah, kind of out of the blue. It was like, okay. I think it's like we had Coco be the one that like popped the balloon. I, we should have had let Kiki do something at the end. Maybe. Even if it was just as nonsensical, at least she would have done something. But preferably she would have done anything that called back to anything. Right. Yeah. The the Playing the harmonica in terms of the song kind of could have called back. Because when uh, Katie was singing earlier in the film, W maybe was like falling asleep. One of them was falling asleep. Yeah, so like yeah. if it actually put them to sleep, that I think would have called back. But yeah. this random harmonica yeah, came out of nowhere. Super random. The only thing I can think of is I don't know if if uh, Katie played the harmonica in the original movie or something. That's the only no thing clue. I can think yeah. of is because otherwise I yeah made no sense. And if so, that's still like, that's a bad callback because that's not something someone can just watch this movie and understand. So. Yeah, she could have she could have brought that back in her reminiscing yeah, if, yeah. if it was in the original film. Yeah. Which it might not have been. We don't know. 
No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? I mean, I guess Professor Owl's song, because I didn't enjoy hearing it and he did a racist thing. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll put that in this one as least favorite scene. Yeah, I was just, I was trying to think of like the, the squirrel, the, the, some of her rantings, but I would say since that had the objectionable thing, I'll go ahead and go with the owl too. What was your favorite scene in the movie? Honestly, I think it was when the forest critters just jumped Gracco. <laughs> yeah, that's like, funny. Just like jump, just jumped him and, and beat the snot out of him. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that and then that whole scene where he was in the water and then he was getting yeah. lectured as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that too. That that was funny. Who was your least favorite character? I think the owl. I think Professor Q Owl. I was, to me, it's, I think the squirrel, she was just a little annoying. I mean, well, I guess she is kind of annoying, but at least she serves some purpose. She like, she, she helps that. out with stuff. Whereas Professor Q Owl seems so useless to almost anything that happens. And he's just annoying. It would, I mean, yeah, he wasn't the only one. A That's lot of true. the adults uh, oh. were like, oh, hey, kids, uh, like. They but I, knew that they were missing. Like, the yeah. mom went to the uh, squirrel, and she's like, were my kids here? And the lady's like, no. And she's like, oh, they're missing. She's like, oh, that sucks. And she's like, I'm going to look for them. And she's like, okay, bye. Yeah. And then, or then, and then with the owl, which, like, they were missing, found missing. And at some point, they're like, ah, oh, maybe we could go see the owl. And he sees them. And he's like, hey, not like. Oh, you're here, thank goodness, because your mom's been looking for you. Like, they're just really nonchalant about these missing children. Yeah. I mean, I still think the owl's the the most useless, though. Because at least Rosetta, she uh, stabs Greco, prevents him from getting them. And then her stabby stuff comes back later, and her scissors. So she has use and utility. Katie's the mom, so, like, that's her... She's got to be there. It's her kids. She's trying to find them. And, uh, what is his name? The bad Gilbert. mouse detective. Gilbert Mouse. I mean, yeah, he's being a bad detective. And sure, he's bad at it, but at least he's, like, that's his thing, is that he's trying to sleuth stuff out. He does say, it's probably probably Gracco, right? And get Gracco beat up, which is pretty funny. <laughs> he's actively, like, he has a whole song about how bad he is. He's yes. Like, I'm gonna follow the tracks. But, like, okay, you it have might a- be my tracks. Right, but okay, you have a guy here who is ostensibly the one trying to find him. So that's his purpose, even if he's bad at his purpose. Whereas it's like, what's the purpose of, of the owl? He's like, maybe I can, like, he's a smart guy. a formula to find him. He them. doesn't do anything like that, though. He has, his smarts don't come into play. He doesn't do anything. Even his flying, he seems just as bad at finding anybody as everyone else. I uh, yeah. I, don't, I think that owl's the worst. Um, I think so too. But I'm gonna jump ship to the queen because she just annoyed <laughs> me the most. <laughs> Her voice this just, is fair. just yeah. Plus, she made those poor little ants work their tails off just because she was obsessive compulsive. It's not like things weren't stacked and things weren't separated. She just wanted them a certain way. So I'm gonna say the queen because she was so mean to those poor little ants. Yeah, I'll go with owl. Who was your favorite character in the movie? I'm going to, I think, go with Kiki. Coco just almost kept getting her in trouble. So I was annoyed at Coco. <laughs> it's like, Coco, let Kiki sleep. But her little, between her little, my little feet, you know, can't take it or whatever. She Brucey was just Taylor's good. She's 
does a good job. Uh, sure, Kiki as well. Kiki's my number two, and my number one is, you guessed it, it's my man Gracco. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> okay, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> he's, just so, he's one of the ones that I vaguely remembered, uh, even if I did not remember his name. And he's just like... What a guy! What a what a what a man! Just yeah. like this this punk, this punk who's just singing this song about himself, and then is like, "I'm gonna eat me an appetizer of little right. caterpillar this children." Isn't even a meal. He's like, "You're not gonna fill me up." And then but he I get, am gonna eat you. And then he gets hurt, and he just like kind of grumbles and walks away. And then not that long after that, a bunch of people <laughs> jump him while he's sleeping, and he gets the snot beat out of him. And then a little bit after that, some other people come to just read him to filth. <laughs> and then and then he has a bad encounter with an alien and gets put away. He's just kind of has a rough time. I'm honestly surprised that he didn't try to attack any of the creatures that were in him in there with him in the bubble. I think at that point he was just like, my day is going badly. I don't I, have yeah. it in me to do this right now. Yeah, it could have been some of the force creatures Especially, in there with him that had well, beat him right, up. Well, I mean, they ostensibly they beat him up because the, of the others disappearing. Oh, so. got it, got it, got it. But no, I think he I think he also has in his mind that a bunch of forest creatures just like these ones beat him up earlier. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to start stuff in this area that I can't escape from where, okay, maybe I eat one, but then the others are going to beat me up. You that's know? fair, that's fair. <laughs> he's stupid, but he's not quite that stupid, I think. Uh, this movie was a musical. So what was your least favorite song? Uh, good Old Days. The squirrel one. I know that the owl sure, one. Yeah. We, we've been, we've voiced our opinion on the owl. So I think I'm okay to say yeah. Good Old Days. And any. You just think it's it, bad. It's it's uh, useless. Uh, the animation was just like portraits of, of people. And it's like, wh- what is this about? Or like musical notes and stuff. It's weird. Yeah. I'm going to agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah, same. Uh, in the good old days sucks. And a close second is uh, the power of thinking from, yeah, from yeah. Owl. That one's also bad. Yes, Don't that one's also bad. The animation's slightly more dynamic, though, even if sometimes it's used for evil ends. Um, but yeah, they're both bad. What was your favorite song? Do I need to remind you of the songs? The one that was the the catchy one, I forgot. Do it with a big smile. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that oh, was yes. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is like kind of the, the catchiest one that the, the kids sing it pretty early on while they're helping the ants. Gracko's song's pretty fun too. And like a wild wind. I don't have an oh, official name. That is true. I, ha- that I do not true. have an official name for any of these songs. I just kind of went with some of the, the things that they repeated the most. Though he says wind a lot, like almost five times Ooh. in like a sentence or something. But that was wind so or funny. wild. Uh, Either of those. I think he says wild the most. Maybe that's it. He's saying wild a lot. The the lyrics there are like. But he's just, it's just like a, a a power rock thing as he's like flying in the clouds and there's lightning. And he's acting so cool. Yeah, yeah, yes. Which, so I think which is hilarious style. because then he gets beat up like ten minutes later. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, do it with a big smile. It's really catchy, uh, and I like it. Do 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 do. It's it's catchy. <laughs> If Tim Curry were in this dub, who should he be? And I'm going to say he should be the owl. He'll yes, do a way better job than yes, the owl. Yes, then the owl will He'll be He'll do a way better job than whoever did it here. No offense to that guy, but also uh, your direction could have been bad. Plus, but, he could also rock the song. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. I was going to say Gracko. 
I I I enjoy Gracco's current Gracco, voice. Though. I think, like yeah, the, I think he could do the it. Youth of the Gracco is, I think, part of it. I think he could do it, but yeah, Gracco is youth culture. <laughs> yeah, and say? such a punk. And I don't think I don't think Tim Curry sounds as much just like a punk. I mean, he can play a villain, but yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Um, overall, I wouldn't recommend it. It's a sequel. Uh, I mean, as a sequel, it's pretty standalone. But the dub was... Uh, I think there are some things that are a symptom of it being a dub that drag it down. Like the squirrels' uh, random remarks that don't really add a lot. Especially at the end, whenever she was kind of telling a story and it felt like the owl was reacting in a way that didn't match the story that she was telling. I think, yeah, I think it's just supposed to be that he was tired of listening to her. I don't know. Um, it was weird. I did I did like her line where, where she said, Every, everyone stop talking so much. Let's do this thing. And it's like, oh, okay. That's because she talks all the time. That's uh, the joke. Sure, sure. Um, there was some, some fun things, but... You know, you, you don't need to see it. I don't recommend it. I will give this a, I think mostly for for the the story character situation. The animation was fine. It, it didn't look terrible. I'll give it a 1.5. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I don't think I would recommend it. Uh, it's it's not a, a bad movie, but I don't think it has tons of rewatchability. I don't know. I'm kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I, or I, I think I'll say a light recommend because there's nothing super objectionable or anything. So light recommend, and I think I'm going to go 1.75. I recommend that you um, buy or borrow a VHS player, <laughs> order this movie off of eBay for five bucks, and watch it in its entirety, including the opening with that Aww. kid telling you how to use a VHS yeah. player. <laughs> And the ending with all the advertisements for other movies the company's licensed to dub. Don't yeah. worry about it. Um, and just like have an experience. If you if you lived in the era where VHSs came out, it'll transport you back. And if you never experienced that, it, you, this is just like you get to time travel. You get to literally time travel and watch this and be like, wow, this is what it was like. And all of it's. And all of its splendor and its all and all of its ugly awfulness. You're so uh, influenced by your particular view. Like uh, if I wanted to say that, I would say borrow. Uh, actually, I would say get a van that has a a, ta- a TV and a tape player in the back <laughs> because we're going very personal to ourselves. So this is what you do. Put in a tape of uh, Lion King. Here, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Yes. In the beginning of the like yes, in the yes. trailers of the film, and then watch all of Lion King, the really great. See, film. I ha- see, I have that experience too, just not the the VHS player in the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, like, I, I haven't gotten to say if I recommend it or not. Um, <laughs> please watch it. I need people to know about this movie. It's bad and is a waste of your time. Please watch it though. It is on YouTube. I want everyone to know about it. Is the thing I yeah, need people to know that this exists. <laughs> I rate it a two. It does not deserve a two. It gets a Graco boost, though. 
to two. Yeah, honestly, I think I rated it a little too high. The Graco, the Graco boost is also just encompassing all the entirety of the obvious nostalgia I have. It does not deserve this two. I am giving it a two, fully knowing that, and I am begging you to go watch this bad movie. You don't need to do that. Please watch it in with the English dub. That's part of the awfulness. You've got it. You got to do it. You got to. You, you got to hear. You got to hear Arnold's dumb voice. Yes, dear father. Like, yes. what is he? What's he doing? What's happening there? Yeah, it sounds like a full adult. <laughs> it's. I had a good time. Okay, I it was. Ba- yeah, it was concur. bad, but it I enjoyed fine. myself. Yeah. If you want to watch a, a bad, poorly dubbed movie from the eighties, go for it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> If you if you know uh, Spanish, then you could watch a higher quality version of it easily too. So, like watching the watching subs, I think would it would be a a little bit of a different story. Yeah, if only I could find subs, I absolutely could not. I looked. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you so much, and I would love for you to join Nana Critter N A N A C R I T T E R on Twitch. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. And I am now playing Final Fantasy IX. And I'm having so much fun. My first playthrough. I am creating voices as I go along. I don't always remember all of my voices, (laughs) especially for minor characters. The major characters, I'm fairly consistent. But yeah, just having an absolute blast. And these two wonderful um, ladies are are there helping me. And my daughter is wonderful about rescuing me and calling me on the phone when I can't figure something out. And you know what? The thing that I am worst at is literally walking. (laughs) Is walking. I like to walk into walls. For for those who are less familiar with Final (laughs) Fantasy IX, it has a bunch of pre-rendered backgrounds, so you kind of have to walk in relation to... It uh, and she's just she just struggles. Yeah. She bumps. She's bumping yeah. up against the walls all the time. And I think that's what causes me to get into these random battles. Well, I don't you'd know, get you into know. a decent amount yeah. anyway. But, but 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 hey, I'm decent about the actual battles themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting pretty good. I even I even uh, you helped me um, and and Vivi knocked three enemies in one blow. I was so excited. So yeah, so join me. Join Nana Critter. And next time, we'll be watching a more known movie uh, from Disney, because all Disney movies, virtually all Disney movies are more well-known than this, um, that is about some cats and how everybody wants to be them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonder what that is. <laughs> Join us then. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.
Um, <laughs> Graco's youth culture, babe. What are you talking about? <laughs> If I say it enough, maybe it'll mean it doesn't something. Doesn't mean anything. Uh. Gen Z. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, Gen Z, a, a generation that I'm sure has seen this movie no, from I the know. late yeah, '80s. I know. I know. This relatively hard to find movie yeah. from the late '80s. <laughs> <laughs> 